0: Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you.
1: Walls, barriers, and gates can be, well, unfriendly. Saying to the world or a group of people, stay away. They can separate and divide. They can keep certain things out. But they can also keep certain things in. Things that are prone to wander, like sheep. And like it or not, that's how we, God's children, are referred to in John's Gospel. We tend to stray, to drift off on our own or to follow the crowd. We say we trust the shepherd. But every 10 minutes, our focus shifts to the greener grass on the other side of the fence. We're never satisfied. We're always restless, and we leave ourselves open to predators. Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd, prepared to lay down his life for his sheep. We have a lot of voices in our head. We must learn the shepherd's voice, and when we hear it, follow.
0: Good morning everyone, Good morning. we are in the middle of a sermon series titled I Am and we are exploring some of the bold claims of Jesus from the Gospel of John. These are claims no religious leaders can make. Only God can make these claims and the I Am statements equate Jesus with God. I want to welcome all those watching from one of our regionals, the Crawford Theaters in Northwest Calgary, our regionals in Bridgeland. Airdrie and South Calgary, also want to welcome our online audience as well. If you have been following the international news, you know that the last few weeks have been quite chaotic and turbulent. The fighting between Israel and Hamas that has resulted in the killing of several civilians, including children. The outbreak of the Ebola virus that has resulted in a health emergency in Western Africa and claimed over 900 lives. And while these two things have been happening and all media attention has been on them, the crisis in Sudan and in Syria continue to rage and has claimed lives of thousands of people. The sheer numbers are horrifying. And then there's this attack against Christians in Iraq. Homes that belong to Christian families were marked with the character Yen standing for Nazarenes, representing Christians. And many are calling this as a Christian genocide in Iraq. Of course, we live in Canada, a wonderful, peaceful country. But we have our own share of problems. As pastors, we get to see it from the front line. Week after week, we have conversations with people who are going through heartbreak, sorrow, and pain. We see an awful lot of tears. Whether it's a life-threatening illness, relationship problems, financial struggles, the sheer emptiness of materialism, the list just goes on. In light of all these challenges, both globally and in our own private world, one may wonder, is there any security at all in our world today? Can we ever have some stability in the midst of the crises surrounding us? Can we maintain peace and calm when we are seemingly walking through landmines? The I am statements of Jesus that we're going to look at today give us some answers to these challenging questions. In John chapter 10, Jesus revealed to us the very purpose of his coming that we might have life and life to the full. The secret to that abundant life is not in attending yet another Christian conference or reading the latest Christian book. The secret to that abundant life is knowing and experiencing the character of God. Our understanding of God profoundly impacts who we are and how we live our lives. And that is why wrong images of God can be quite destructive. But the God that Jesus reveals to us is good and trustworthy. In knowing him, we have a sure foundation that cannot be shaken, even in the midst of the uncertainty surrounding us. We're gonna look at two I am statements today. I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. Jesus uttered both these statements in the same context in John chapter 10. I'm going to ask all of us to stand up as we read our scripture portion for today. Taken from John chapter 10, verses 7 to 15 and 27 to 30. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Shall we pause for a word of prayer? Lord, we stand amazed in the light of your promises. Stand amazed in the light of the powerful truths of your word. In the midst of all uncertainty surrounding us, thank you God that we are blessed to be your children, the sheep of your pasture. And today help us to listen to your voice. That your voice will calm all our fears. That your voice will deliver us from every bondage, and your spirit will move freely in our midst, that we will come to know you more as we understand what it means to have you as the shepherd of our lives. So we commit this time from the beginning to the end to the leading of your spirit, and we ask this in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. In the passage that we read, Jesus uses two imageries to reveal something profound about himself. The first imagery is of a gate. So in verse nine, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is the gate to abundant life. You have to enter through him in order to find a life that is truly satisfying. There is no other door. He is the door to life abundant. Entering through the door or through the gate is symbolic of becoming part of his flock, joining with his family, coming under his providential care, entering into life through Christ. The second imagery is of a shepherd Not just a shepherd, but the good shepherd. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The word good here actually means excellent, beyond comparison, exemplary. So it speaks of the character of the shepherd. The shepherd is so good that he would even sacrifice his life for the sheep. In an agricultural society like Israel, this metaphor of shepherd and sheep was used to describe the relationship God had with his people. When leaders are called as shepherds in the Old Testament, God is the shepherd par excellence. And the shepherd metaphor is one of the tender portrayals of God in the Bible look at Isaiah chapter 40 verses 10 and 11 yes the sovereign Lord is coming in power he will rule with a powerful arm see he brings his reward with him as he comes he will feed his flock like a shepherd he will carry the lambs in his arms holding them close to his heart he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young So after depicting the power of God and his powerful arm, the imagery subtly changes to that of a shepherd. This is how God demonstrates his power, by gently leading his flock like a shepherd. He carries the little lambs and holds them close to his heart. He ever so tenderly walks with the mother sheep and journeys with them. In Ezekiel chapter 34, after denouncing all the false shepherds, this is what God says about himself. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. So God is taking on himself the task of a shepherd. He goes after the lost sheep. He binds the ones that are injured and strengthens them. Both are crucial tasks that a shepherd performs. So this image of a shepherd is a a tender depiction of God's heart for his people. And in our passage when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's making yet another claim to divinity. He's putting himself in a class of his own. The shepherd par excellence, the good shepherd. And I believe that I am the gate and I am the good shepherd are quite related. While on the outside there are dangers abounding, The sheep enters through the gate and they come under the care of the good shepherd. And now that they are part of his flock, the good shepherd gives them abundant life. I want to focus for the rest of our time on three verses from this passage. We'll break them down and take a closer look at it. Verses 27 to 29. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. What we see in these verses are four certainties. You can bank all of your life, Stake everything you have on these promises of God. Whether bombs and rockets are flying above us, or we face a life-threatening illness, or if our houses have been marked because we are Christians, or we face the day-to-day struggles of life, like a job loss, or relationship problems, or battling with an addiction. These certainties and promises give us the key to experiencing the life abundant and full. So here is the first certainty. My sheep listen to my voice. If you are a sheep that belongs to Jesus' fold, then you have access to God and his voice. A sheep is not very smart. In fact, they're known for their lack of intelligence. The British shepherds say, The sheep are very dim. You know, think of animals like dogs, cats, horses, elephants, even tigers. We can train them. We can make them perform tricks. Have you seen a sheep performing tricks? What are the chances of seeing a sheep in a circus? Can you imagine having a sheep as a pet and potty training it? One of the problems with sheep is they don't think for themselves. Their instinct is to follow the flock. So if one sheep were to fall off the cliff, then the entire flock would do exactly the same, jump off the cliff. You know, we can go on and on about the many things that the sheep are bad at, but there's something they're good at. It's their ability to recognize their shepherd's voice. If they do that well, they're safe. The moment they fail to recognize their shepherd, that's when they get into trouble. Flocks of sheep may just graze together, but a shepherd would separate his flock from the others by issuing a distinct call. And as soon as the sheep hears that call, they will follow their shepherd. So that is exactly what Jesus is saying here in verse three. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. As we apply this to ourselves, we know that Jesus has called us by name. The very word church literally means called out once. The reason we are Christians today is because the good shepherd issued a call and we heard his voice and we responded to him. And we don't stop there. We wanna hear him more. We want to know him more until we become familiar with his voice. That is the characteristic of a true sheep. It's ability to listen to the shepherd. And it's the voice of Jesus that we want to be tuned into. We need his insights into our life, his solutions to our problems, his clarity in the midst of our confusion. And yet we know that there are all kinds of voices surrounding us, and most of these voices are meant to lead us astray. Just this past week on CTV News, New Age spiritual guru Deepak Chopra was being interviewed. Deepak Chopra was attempting to create a Guinness record for meditation by gathering the largest number of people in history to meditate at the same time, just this past Friday. And of all places, this happened in Toronto. Hundreds of people flocked together and there were thousands of people who were joining online as well. And this is what Chopra said, when people meditate in a group, their happiness can spill out onto others and create a ripple effect of good vibrations. The only unfortunate thing is all these good vibrations have not left even a dent in the world's problems, leave alone solving them. And in the midst of all kinds of deceptive voices, the voice of Jesus stands loud and clear and distinct to everyone who's willing to listen. One of the reasons why we face anxiety is because we listen to all other voices except God's. In our busy, fast-paced life, we don't pause long enough to hear from Jesus. And that is why the time that we set apart for God in our day is so important. It is a non-negotiable. Our quiet times are not just motions we go through. It is our connection to heaven. And when we open our Bible, God speaks to us with authority. For the inspired Bible is the voice of God, and we ignore it to our own peril. And when we are so busy and constantly skipping our quiet times, we are squandering that certainty that we have. The only thing that a sheep is good at, it's ability to listen to the shepherd. But when we can maintain that ongoing communication with God and tune into his voice, whatever circumstances we are going through, we can have peace. That is a certainty. And that's the reassurance this passage brings to us. There's yet another certainty we have that we can hold on to. I know them, and they follow me. The shepherd knows every sheep individually. They all may look same to us, but the shepherd knows them all. The most famous of all Psalms is Psalm 23, called as the Shepherd's Psalm. It begins with these well-known words. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, or I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Picture in your mind this image of a flock of sheep in a threatening desert. Food and water are scarce. Danger abounds everywhere, as there are predators. And the sheep are vulnerable. But in the midst of that, there is this category of sheep that have a skilled shepherd who takes care of them. He feeds them and protects them from danger. The good shepherd knows all of the needs of the sheep, and he caters to those needs. Isn't that our Christian testimony? Our Christian experience that our life has come under the management of the good shepherd and because the Lord is our shepherd, we lack nothing. And here is a certainty in the midst of all the uncertainty surrounding us. The shepherd has an intimate knowledge of the sheep. He calls them by name. And as a result, the sheep feel accepted. They know that they belong. They know the love and the care and the concern of the shepherd. They are not just anonymous, lost in the flock, but they are precious and valuable. When you read through the Gospels, notice how many personal encounters, one-on-one conversations Jesus has with people. You know, this is God ministering on earth for a brief period of 33 years, out of which only three years were designated for public ministry. Jesus' time was so precious, and you would think he would want to make maximum use of his time by all the time speaking to tens and thousands of people. But it is stunning to see how much time Jesus would take for personal one-on-one encounters with people and he ministers to them with the same passion and same intensity as he is speaking to the crowds. In the Gospel of John alone, we see Jesus met with Nicodemus by night. He met the women at the well in Samaria. He met a paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda. He met a man born blind in John chapter 9. In other gospels, we read about how he walked through Jericho and he sees a little man on a tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to have a lunch appointment with you. He sees Matthew, the tax collector, and he says, rise and follow me. Jesus would take time for individual people because individuals matter in the kingdom of heaven. And through all these centuries, all of us who have come to faith in Jesus have come as a result of a one-on-one encounter with him. He encountered us personally, and he makes a personal covenant with each and every one of us. You are not just part of the thousands of sheep. You are valued as an individual. Your name is written in the palm of his hand. He knows you. Intimately, everything about you, inside out. Even the hairs in your head are numbered. How easy it is for us to forget a profound truth like this. That we matter to God as individuals. He loves us personally. The good shepherd goes after one lost sheep. Because that one matters to him. Not only does the shepherd know his sheep, the sheep know their shepherd. Verses 14 and 15, we see, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Do you see that intimacy between the shepherd and sheep? The knowledge. mutual and exhaustive just as Jesus and the father have a special connection a community of love between them in the same way Jesus is saying he is extending to us a community of love and fellowship of intimacy and this is a certainty I know them and they follow me the sheep will always follow the shepherd's leading because they know that the shepherd has the best interest in mind. And the shepherd will go ahead of them and lead them from the front. That's how God works. He doesn't drive us from behind. He goes ahead of us and he leads us so our eyes can be fixed on him. So that is a certainty for all who have trusted in Jesus. He knows us intimately. We know him and we follow him. Here is the third assurance. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. The well-being of the sheep is not in its ability to care for itself. The sheep doesn't stay healthy because of its ability to eat nutritious food or go for a regular health check or stay away from the predators. They cannot take care of themselves. They're unable to take care of themselves. So the sheep's well-being is entirely on the hands of the shepherd. In the same way Jesus is saying here, when we become part of his flock, he takes the responsibility of caring for us. He gives us eternal life, life abundant and full. This is not something we earn, not something we work for. It's been given to us and we receive it. An eternal life speaks of the quality of life, not just the quantity. Eternal life is not something that we await when we reach heaven. But it has already been given to us that life abundant and full is the normal Christian life, a divine inheritance for every child of God. So with Jesus Christ by our side, our life here on earth reaches a new level of quality. And that quality is going to continue and come to completion when we reach heaven. That's the security that we have. But as we look at the world around us, we see the fear and the insecurity and the lack of assurance that they battle with. Here is an area that shows how our world around us is obsessed with fear. Look at some of the warning labels of the products that we use. Many North American manufacturers are going to great lengths to protect themselves from getting sued. So as a result, many companies now include stunningly obvious warning messages. Every year, the wacky warning label contest selects what it calls the most absurd and silly warning labels attached to everyday products. You wanna hear it? Here are some of the winners. An electric razor for men with the following warning label never use while sleeping. (laughs) A warning label on a baby stroller, remove child before folding. (laughs) So mothers take note of that. A common dust mask that has the label does not supply oxygen. A warning label on a sleeping aid tablet may cause drowsiness. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That's the world we live in. A world obsessed with fear and uncertainties. And in the midst of that, you and I who have trusted in Jesus have this great assurance. I give you eternal life and you will never perish. The Greek language uses a double negative when it communicates this. So it should be translated, you will never, never perish. The use of the double negative in Greek is the strongest way to negate something. So when the scripture says you will never, never perish, it means it is impossible for us to perish when we are under the shepherd's care. For those who have heard the voice of Jesus and follow him, the intimacy of his personal care and protection will never, never cease. Do we get the implications of that statement? It means we may face sickness, but we will not perish. We may face tragedies in life, but we will not perish. Bombs may fly over our heads, we will not perish. We may be persecuted, but we will not perish. We may even die, but still we will not perish. It is this assurance that gives us an extraordinary level of confidence, no matter what circumstances we face in life. The Ebola virus has become a health emergency in Liberia and other countries in Africa. The American Christian doctor who worked with Samaritan's Purse in Liberia is Dr. Kent Bradley. He's only 33 years old, married, with two little kids. He felt a strong call from God to go to Liberia. And when he was working in Liberia as a medical missionary, the Ebola crisis broke out. The easiest option would have been to just flee and come right back into the country. But God wouldn't let him. So he felt a strong compulsion from God to stay there and serve the sick people. And as you know, in the process, he contacted the same virus. Now this has been in the media and everybody is reading it and the secular world is asking this question. Why would someone with a young family walk into such a risky situation knowing fully well the consequences? He's a medical doctor, he knows better than anybody else. It goes against the face of the world's wisdom. But the reason Dr. Bradley would go into a situation of risk. It's because of that promise. I will give you eternal life and you will never, never perish. The promise of God is more powerful than Ebola. Even I may contract the disease, but that's not gonna take away the life abundant that I have in Christ. Nothing, absolutely nothing. absolutely nothing can rob us of the full life that we have in Christ. This is not just a passive feeling of safety. It is active and dynamic, and it dictates how we live our life and what choices we make. You know, when the United States wanted to fly the doctor and the other missionary affected with the same virus back to Atlanta, There was a huge uproar over that decision. One of the most outrageous critics was Donald Trump, an American business magnate, a billionaire, and a public personality. And this is what he tweeted. The US cannot allow Ebola infected people back. People that go so far away places to help out are great, but must suffer the consequences. Do you know what that attitude tells us? That there is a virus that is even more powerful than Ebola. It's called fear. And that's the world we live in today, afraid of almost everything, panic-stricken. We live in a world of phobias, and our list only seems to grow longer and longer by the day. The more we try to protect ourselves, the more insecure we are. And that is why, listen to me, the cure to fear is not in your ability to protect yourself from danger. It is your ability to hold on to the unchanging promises of God. That's what can keep you secure. And here is the final assurance in our passage. This is the ultimate picture. Of security. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You see what Jesus is saying here? Verses 28 and 29. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. By its very physical structure, the sheep are quite defenseless. They have nothing in their body to fight with. As a result, they are naturally timid and fearful of everything. But the good shepherd personally vouches to safeguard the sheep. So when we become part of Christ's flock, he takes the responsibility on himself to care and protect us. So just as we have made a commitment to Jesus, Jesus makes a commitment to us. The hand of the Lord Jesus and the hand of his Father will uphold your life. Do you know what the hand of God means? It's a figure of speech that communicates the sovereign power of God. So the supreme power of God is the ultimate guarantee of the sheep's safety. Those who hear the voice of Jesus and follow him are safe in the mighty hand of the Son and the mighty hand of the Father, working in partnership to keep us safe. The hand that laid the foundations of this world, the hand that parted the Red Sea, the hand that brought Israel to the promised land, the hand that shut the mouth of lions and rescued Daniel, the hand that reached out to the lepers, to the blind and the lame, the hand that was nailed on the cross is the same hand that holds you and me. Church, the enemies of our soul may be mighty, but our savior is mightier. Who can snatch us away from his hand? You tell me, is there any power greater than the power of the son and his father that can pry open his hands and uproot us? That's the security that the scripture is giving to us. And the apostle Paul declared this with confidence. For I am convinced of this, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a glorious promise. The storms of life, they will come. But through the raging storm, we can feel the gentle hand of the shepherd holding us, keeping us close to his heart, binding our wounds, walking and journeying with us, and leading us to safety. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. That's our testimony. We are not protected from trials because we are Christians. But our testimony is God walks with us in our trials. His hand upholds us. He gives us peace that is not based on our circumstances. A joy that knows no limit. And the security and the confidence that we have in Him. Not even death can take it away. I want to share this uh, true story. It appeared some time ago in our Daily Bread devotional. A group of botanists went on an expedition to a hard-to-reach location in the Alps, searching for new, new varieties of uh, plants and flowers. One day, as a scientist was uh, looking through his binoculars, he saw this beautiful, rare species growing at the bottom of a deep ravine. And in order to reach it, someone had to be lowered into the gorge. They noticed a local boy who was standing by. And they thought that he can help them. So they approached the boy for help and they said, a rope will be tied around your waist and we will lower you and we'll make sure you're safe. And we want you to get that plant for us. The boy was excited and obviously nervous at the same time. He looked at the scientist and he said, I'll be back in a moment. And off he dashed. When he returned, he was accompanied by an older man. And approaching the head scientist, the boy said, I will go now and get the flower for you, but this man has to hold the rope. He's my dad. The boy would put his faith in his dad holding the rope than half a dozen strong men with muscles. When we go through uncertainties, the bottom line is this. Who is holding your rope? If it is Jesus, you are safe. You are safe. Because he's got a track record. 100%. He says, I have never forsaken those who have trusted in me. That's the promise and assurance he gives to us going ask us to stand up as we come to a close. The good shepherd takes care of his sheep. So I want to read this passage once again for you. And in the quietness of this moment, soak in these promises. Let it go deep into your heart and bring life. Let it deliver you from all the fears, the baggages that you are holding on to and bring abundant life and freedom even right now. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one, no one who snatched them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The quietness of this moment, I know the Good Shepherd is gently calling some of you by name. Maybe you wandered away from his fold. Maybe you strayed. Today, if you listen to His voice, it's the day to return back. And when you do return back, He promises to hold you close to His heart, to bind your wounds and bring healing. He will take you onto green pasture, lead you by the quiet waters. He will do everything to give you that life abundant and full. So this morning, would you be sensitive to his voice if he's calling you? This is the time of response. This is a time to say, Lord, I want to be part of your fault. There are others here. You're going through a lot of stress. You're all by fears, anxieties, and worries. And the good shepherd is saying to you, what are you afraid of? I got you covered. I hold you in my hand. You are safe and shielded from all the circumstances surrounding you. I will be with you. So in the stillness of this moment, use this time to respond to God in whatever way he is speaking to you. And after this moment of silence, I'll close this with prayer. Father, we want to affirm today with all of our heart, you are our shepherd. You are the good shepherd, the shepherd power excellence. There is no one like you. And we are so blessed, so blessed to be under your care, to be under your protection, and to receive this abundant life that you have given to us. And today, my prayer, Lord, is for the sheep that have wandered, Lord, speak to them so clearly, so distinctly, in ever so gentle ways, calling them, wooing them to return back to you. Because when they return back to you, they will find life. It's your promise. I pray for the ones who are overwhelmed by the anxieties of life. Lord, reach out to them and touch them right now. And we pray that the bondage of fear and anxiety will be broken, Lord. That the chains will be broken and the truth of your word will completely set us free as we receive your promises into our life. May they bring life abundant and full to each and every one of us. Now even as we leave this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, the love of our Heavenly Father, the Chief Shepherd, and the unfailing sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit may rest and abide with each and every one of us, both now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca.
1: You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.